0: Using a side delay around what looked like a wrong part of He's Gets his head down, in a time-trying position. This is The Dometics, presented by Black Ships Hello and welcome, wherever you may be listening around the world. Welcome to a brand new podcast Welcome to The Domestiques. Now, if you're into cycling, cycling of any description, then this podcast is for you. This series is for you. I'm Mike Tomolaris, and it's so good to have you listening to us about a topic for which we have a deep passion, and that is the passion for the two-wheeled machine. Great to have you along. So, who are we? Who are The Domestics? Let's welcome, first of all, the man who provides us with the water bottles, and will keep us refreshed and replenished over the next three weeks. It's a big hello to the big banana himself. There's one in Coffs Harbour. Let me tell you, there's one in St Kilda as well. It's Lee Hollywood-Turner. Lee.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mike, and uh, welcome to Tilda as well. It's great to be here. I'm excited. The tour is starting. Where, what else would you want to be doing? I'm pumped, <laughs> Mike. I'm heated up.
0: You know, that's why uh, I invited you on this podcast, because you are big, you are bold, you are colorful, you ride a bike, and you are a personality. We love you. We love you, Hollywood, and uh, looking forward to chatting with you over the next three weeks. And uh, with us now live from New Zealand, having spent a a bit of time in the Netherlands and only just landed in the... uh, what is it? The land of the long white cloud across the ditch where she's been uh, ruling the roads, not in New Zealand but in the Netherlands in races over there. Let's welcome Aussie Pro Champion Cyclist Matilda Reynolds. Hi Woo! Matilda.
2: You. Thanks so much, Mike. <laughs> thanks, Hollywood. Good to see you. I miss you. Yes, uh Tomo, miss you too. thanks so much for having me and yeah, the world probably doesn't need another podcast, but I'm very excited to be talking <laughs> about cycling, in particular, with you guys. So, uh, and and the lead in to not just the Tour de France, the women's uh, women's tour, and and Giro as well. So there's a lot going on, and just excited I get to digress it all with you guys and more.
0: <laughs> digress is the actual word, isn't it? Uh, but the, you two know each other, don't you? Tell us how.
2: We ride together. We're uh, mates
0: in Melbourne.
1: Yes, Matilda lives probably about not even five minutes from me and we do similar rides together and, yeah, we're mates. Okay.
2: Yeah, I was lucky to be included in the famous uh Melbourne uh, minus WhatsApp yes, uh, group yes. and so yeah, I still haven't left the chat even though I haven't been there for uh all right. over over 7 weeks. I'm hanging on. No, uh you're but still yeah, fine. no with, um yeah, in Melbourne and uh yeah, the the you know, the the one of the country's best places for cycling, so very fortunate to yeah, usually be getting a tow by Lee or hearing a bang bang oh, no, from the behind.
0: No, no, no. and really? Matilda does her
1: towing. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> no, Mat- Matilda does her towing. I'm just a, a flogger yells out. No, she she's a proper
0: rider. Well, look, it's great to have you both. And uh, we're going to make a dynamic trio, I'm sure. I'd, I'd like to think, Tills, that uh, you are our team captain. And your job, your job is to keep us on track and to make sure that uh, we don't steer, that's uh, Hollywood and myself, steer ourselves in the wrong direction. Now, is that a fair deal?
2: Yeah, I think that's that's. Uh, I I was brought in in the last the last quarter, so I've been instructed, and uh, yeah, happy to take that
0: role. Well, look, uh, you might be asking, who am I? Well, let me tell you that after thirty five years in front of a television camera, some might say that I'm a washed up uh, broadcaster. I'll ask you, Hollywood, is that true? That'd be too um... nice.
1: No, you're definitely not washed up, Mike. You've got plenty to offer, plenty to offer. One, one network's losses, <laughs> our gain.
0: Absolutely. Well, I can tell you there's uh, a lot of fight left in this old dog uh, in, in, in the years to come. I'm your host and uh, looking forward to bringing uh, everything cycling related in The Domestiques. The domestics by Black Sheep Cycling. So what is The domestics? Well, we are aiming to bring a daily podcast over the three-week period of the Tour de France. At a time when podcasts, really, at this time of the year, are a dime a dozen, most of which focus on the world's biggest bike race, we'll try and do something a little different over the next three weeks in this series. Uh, sure, we'll touch on La Tour, especially during the back end of the race, but we're going to talk about cycling's different layers, and I can assure you they're, the world of cycling has so many different layers. Believe me, of course, there's the sport of cycling. Looking forward to the tour and uh, the, with the the inaugural women's tour sponsored mm. by um, Zwift immediately f- following the conclusion of the men's tour on the 24th of July. But in terms of different layers, there's the recreational side, there's adventure holidays with bikes, there's commuting, gravel riding, mountain biking, family time on two wheels. A lot of families are are enjoying time with uh, their young ones as a result of the pandemic, especially. Look, the list just goes on and on and on. And uh, we'll be diving into those different topics and we'll be talking to a lot of people, a lot of different people across the world of cycling over the next three weeks. That's the plan. Let's see if we can deliver. What do you think, Hollywood?
1: Yeah, I think like it's a fantastic idea. I'm really excited to talk about the inaugural women's tour as well, like you mentioned. That's, there's lots to unpack there. We've got the resident expert here who's raced a, against many of those girls, so it's it's great.
0: Tills, the Tour de France starts tonight, the men's Tour de France. Uh, they've all lined up in uh, Copenhagen, which is probably one of the furthest starting points for a Grand Depart. Uh, It's certainly in my time, and I go back to 1991 in terms of working on the tour, and I've never known it to start so far away from home turf in France. Flat roads around Copenhagen and Denmark, uh, what do you know about the country?
2: Oh, you've set me up to fail there, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) that the, the tour is starting there this year pretty much but uh as you say I think it's um, for the tour like I think it's uh it, look it's thrown in another dynamic in terms of travel for the riders and and really starting off what's going to be a very long three weeks uh, even longer and I think it, it's sort of going to be probably a bit of a sign for this tour I think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be thrown into this tour which is already a very stressful situation I think the heat is going to play an enormous role I think you know Europe's experiencing an enormous heat wave at the moment. Uh, and then o- obviously COVID as well. It's something that we uh, can't run away from. Uh, I, I just experienced it after almost two, uh, a long period of of dodging it, and uh, I think what we saw from the Tour de Suisse, there's still going to be quite a lot of riders that you know, may need to leave the Tour or or be unwell, and so it's going to be stressful starting so far away from France, but um, I know Copenhagen is an absolutely stunning location, and I'm sure uh, that the organisers are getting a a healthy paycheck to be starting there. Yeah,
0: it's exciting, isn't it, and very fresh to have the Danes, Mm. and the Danes have really, um, I wouldn't say dominated the world of cycling, but they've certainly... um, been a part of uh, World Cycling over the last 20 years as as far as I can, uh, I can remember in the men's and the women's game is that is that a fair comment
2: yeah well have you been there Mike what's uh, what what should we expect from the it's I know it's 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 fairly flat there it's always going to be some fast stages got the the prologue and um, but yeah I, I guess there's like we saw last year though we you know thought it was going to be a pretty quiet start to the stage and then someone put a, a sign in the middle of the oh. peloton so who knows what what can happen? Look, look uh, my introduction, in Copenhagen. my
0: introduction to Danish cycling was uh, in '96 when Bianna Reese Remember that name, Bianna Rees? Uh, yes, well, yeah, he won the yeah, tour of course that course year. I do. He was a hard man. He was cold. He was uh, there. I was. Um, Telecom. I was uh, there on Autocam, I remember, and it was a very cold. He won a stage. I st- stuck my head in there through the scrum with a microphone and asked some pretty. In- um, useless questions because I was still very new to the game. This is 1996, and he basically brushed me off. I mean, didn't he know who I was? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I look forward to a lot with the tour, actually, as
1: a start, is I like to pause and look at new new tech, like new shoes or new wheels or new bars or bikes or helmets or glasses. I like to – because a lot of new stuff gets um, – on show at the tour, gets released or pre-released at the tour. So I like to look at some of the equipment and stuff. I'm a bit of a geek like that. If there's, someone's got a new pair of shoes or glasses, I pause the TV and zoom in or whatever. I, I like to look at that stuff.
0: Well, we'll talk a lot more about the tour and the women's tour, of course. But just quickly, uh, there's a lot of hype, obviously, around Pogacar, making it three tour victories. Roglic, I think he's got a point to prove after... Well, I don't want to use the word fail because no one's no one's a failure at the Tour de France just to complete it as an achievement mm. but he's missed out twice but I'm really excited about the Aussie Ben O'Connor fourth yes. last year yeah. and he could be knocking on the door of a podium and uh, if all things go well he could he could follow in the footsteps of Cadell 11 years on after after Cadell became the first Australian to win the Tour de France what do you think
1: yeah, I think definitely. Like he, he got uh, a podium or just off the podium the other week, didn't he? And it uh, was it. Two, which one's it? Tour of Swiss or one of those, one of those races? He was right up there with the big hitters. So he is the great hope for uh, Australia for sure, and it's exciting to watch him. Like last year was not a fluke. He's back, and he's going to be better this year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't condone betting, but I just put a cheeky five dollars on <laughs> on Ben O'Connor to uh, make the podium. He's paying, uh, yeah, he's paying about seven dollars to make the podium at the moment. So oh, it's wow. definitely they're not putting him as a favourite, but yeah, I totally agree. My, um, I, I think he can make uh, the podium and was looking great at Tour de Swiss. But uh, like I, like, I, I'm not sure that even though he's obviously shown that he uh, is the strongest there by far, but. Um, I think I think uh, Tajay, uh luck's going to run out somewhere this this tour. Ooh, I, I don't know whether he can b- get big on the call. on the podium, and I wouldn't mind actually seeing Vindergaard get up. Mm. Uh, yes. I think he was he was dancing on the pedals and waiting for Roglic, but I'm sure he's been told by his team that he has to wait one more year. But uh, yeah, I know he's not the strongest time trialist, but if he gets his opportunity, I think he can go all the way.
1: I think they're going as dual leaders, aren't they? Are they going? To, I, I thought I read somewhere they're going as dual leaders. But Jumbo is like the dream team. They are such a strong team. There's no weak links. They are just strong from rider one to the last rider. Look, it's
0: frightening. Pogacar, 23.
2: Yeah, I wonder how Rowan Dennis...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Pogacar is just 23 years yeah. of age, and uh, he's won two already. It's frightening, and this dynasty could continue. He could be the first rider... First man to win six tours de France. What were you saying about Rowan Dennis, Tills?
2: Oh, I was just gonna say I wonder how he feels being left off mm. that Yumbo team and uh, you know, he gave a lot of shit to Ineos and said oh they're not you know, and and and, and is why he went to Yumbo, but unfortunately he's been Been left off the Tour de France team, so I know he had some stomach problems and wasn't very well a a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame
0: because uh, this course tonight in the time trial, thirteen kilometres in distance, would have suited him down to the ground. I was there in Mm. Utrecht in the Netherlands in fifteen when he uh, became the seventh Australian to win or wear the yellow jersey. Uh, when he won that prologue time trial on the streets of Utrecht. And this course tonight is not dissimilar to that. So it's a shame that he's not there. Uh, I just... Oh, man, I'm so excited. It's tonight.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited. It's here. To... Finally. It's steady,
0: on there, uh, steady on there, Lee. But... Oh, man. I'm so sorry, back, I'm excited. Just back to Ben O'Connor. Um, I want to ask you, Tills. Mm-hmm. He came fourth in his first Tour de France last year. I won't say he was an unknown, but uh, as far as the general public is concerned, that's probably a fair statement. How much does experience, how much can you take from experience from doing a big tour like that, winning a mountain stage like he did in the cold, in the wet, just missing out on a place on the podium and backing up the year a year later? He would have taken a lot out of that performance last year, wouldn't he?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think he said it Tour de Suisse. Like he just learnt so much, and even went going into the Tour de France, he wasn't really the actual leader um, of of the team that year. So he's he's certainly defined as the leader this year, and and will hopefully have a little bit of support around him. I think when we look at the teams, Yumbo certainly has the strongest team by by a long shot, but UAE has the strongest rider, and how that plays out, we're in, it's it's like I. it's weird to think of Ineos as having a potentially weak team Mm. uh, going into, you know, we're not even talking anyone from Ineos. Garen Thomas showed some form recently, but I think Ben O'Connor, as you say, very humble. These Western Australians, they've got to come to Melbourne, get a bit of bang behind them because they're (laughs) very quiet, very humble uh, and and go about. But, but, um, you know, they showed, uh, you know, having that calmness for a three-week tour can really pay off, I think, for him. So... Yeah, a little bit of luck's got to be on his side as well, just in particular not having the team around him. But as um, uh, Podjika has shown, if you're the strongest rider, then you'll you'll win on the day.
0: I'm really excited uh, at the prospects of Caleb Ewan and uh, his time could come tomorrow mm-hmm. in Stage 2. But I'm hearing some reports, and maybe either of you could talk about this, that uh, Caleb certainly is in, in fighting uh, fit condition, but there's talk that his team may not have the firepower to carry him to stage wins. What do you make of that?
2: Yeah, I just don't know if they're... Well, they, they, they're they not really taking a team for Caleb, which is surprising. I, I feel a little bit sad for Caleb. It felt like mm. off the Giro, you know, there was a stage there where his team pretty much just left him uh, to yeah. fend for himself, and he lost a lot of time and spent 80K by himself, which... It wasn't a stage he was going to win, but the next day it could have been a stage he Mm -hmm. could have won and he was too tired. And so the thing is with sprinters, I find is that your team, you know, it's all really good. If you're winning your teams behind you, they're putting all their pay packets, all of their careers for you to get you to that line but if you are not winning that can start to wane and that belief and energy can start to wane and why should i be committing myself all day for you if if you can't win and and so i think there's some challenges there and then the re- regulate um relegation that's happening in the in the cycling as well. Uh, Lotto have a huge amount of pressure on them to have the points to still make the world tour next year. And I think that could be impacting. But I think if Caleb can come out with a win, that will turn everything around very quickly. And we know that once sprinters start winning, they don't stop. So mm. <laughs> yeah, I, how, how about you, Hollywood? What do you reckon? Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with you 100%. I'm just trying to think who the other big sprinters are. Like we know uh, earlier in the week, Cavendish won the, the um, UK uh, championship, but he's not going. So I'm trying to think who the big sprinters are. The Green Edge got the guy with uh, thighs the size of a building. Uh, what's I can't pronounce his name. What's his name? Please help me spell it. Dylan. Um,
0: oh, uh, Dylan
1: Grunewagen. Uh, Grunewagen. Yeah, like from uh, from yeah, like, he's a uh, Australian team. Green Edge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Australian team. So then, are, are they
0: called no, Green Edge? What are they, 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 they were, called? Were, that uh, they changed their name from Green Edge back in 2012, Hollywood. Where where, where have you been living under a rock? Oh. No,
1: no. <laughs> Once Green Edge, always okay. Green Edge. You so. know what? That's you know, <laughs> it's like it, it's like in Melbourne. I still call it Telstra
0: Dome. Ju- ju- just on that, if I can digress or uh, just change <laughs> the topics ever so slightly, it's a shame that Green Edge is not called Green Edge. I mean, their name has changed over the years, and I'm confused just as much as you are, Hollywood. I've got to say. And that is probably the thing that really irritates me about world cycling. I mean, you look at the football teams around the world, there'll always be a Manchester United, there'll always be a Collingwood, there'll always be a Melbourne Storm, but there's never always a Green Edge or uh, the other teams because of the sponsorship well, well, changes. Cal- that really irritates me. Yeah,
1: Well, it's called Team Bike Exchange, but it's just affectionately known yeah, as understand. Green Edge because that's what it first came at. But it's not an Australian team. You think of... There's, they've let go so much Australian talent like Jack Haig and obviously Ewan. And there is other Australian talent out there that just don't sign with them like O'Connor and um, um, uh, what's his name? He's on the front of the magazine. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's funny that it should, you'd want it to be this Australian team full of Australians supported by some Europeans. But it, unfortunately, it's not like that.
0: Well, I can tell you when Caleb Ewan won his stages in recent years, there was more support for the Lotto Sedal yeah. team than there was for the Australian registered team because there were no Aussies in that team. Which is, look, I understand why they select the riders and, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's different courses for different horses. But you'd like to sort of get on the Aussie bandwagon and support your own. But Greenheads don't allow mm. that for some reason. And it's unfortunate. You agree, Tills?
2: Yeah, I think, um, look, I, I I, certainly, you know, I have sort of business experience on, on the sponsorship side of things. And I know that um, to build a fan base and engagement and, you know, have kids... Kids going around in their jerseys, and you know Hollywood's got his Lakers Lakers jersey on now, and it doesn't matter who sponsors that every year; they're always going to be the Lakers, and mm-hmm. and that's what creates you know um, engagement with the audience and drive and passion, and they're your team, which I know cycling struggles enormous with, and and but that just comes down to money. But I think. Yeah, I think uh jumping back to what you know you're saying before around the sprinters it could be you know a great news story to see um Fabio Jakobsen uh get up uh for the points classification but uh you know Walt Van Art can he do it oh, Are there how I many prongs him. can uh Ken oh. Yumbo have and and he said he's coming for the green jersey but uh you know I think if there was to be another comeback similar to Cavendish last year that would be Peter S- S- um Peter Sagan S- so who knows what he can pull out? A champion like him can't be written off. And, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, – yeah, I think he could go all the way. So it would be interesting. It, it, you know, the points classification can sometimes lose a bit of momentum, but I think this year it could be exciting. Wout, I just I'd
1: have love to, to
0: see Peter Sargon do well.
1: Wout is just honestly incredible. Like, last year's performance was to win, to win a time trial – to win the King Mountain Stage up Mont Ventoux and then win the King Sprinter Stage at, um, uh, in Paris, like that is just, that achievement in itself is just incredible. It just like, honestly, that guy is so good.
2: Yeah, I think if Mark Cavendish isn't going to the tour, um, mm-hmm. teams will be circling uh, for his signing. So, yeah, I can't see him staying at Quick Step, um, but which is, it looks like he, he, he won't be taken at this stage.
1: Wout's got it all. Good hair, good looking, looks good on a bike, wins any type of stage. Like, I like him. i got a little man crush. All
0: right, you're listening to The Domestiques. This is our inaugural podcast, our pilot series, if you like. Don't go away. Yes, you're listening to The Domestiques. We hope to inform and entertain you. And at a time when the Domestiques crew will be travelling. We are travelling. I'm heading to France in a few days, as I have for the last 26 years. But this time, not as a broadcaster. This time, in my new role as a cycling tour host for Bike Style Tours. And I've got to say, I'm really looking forward to that. I won't have a camera thrusted in my head or a microphone under my nose but no doubt I'll have a lot of stories to tell, and I'll share them with you over the next three weeks. Hollywood, I believe you're jet-setting overseas too. Yeah, I'll too. be
1: uh, starting in the Greek islands and going to Sardinia, then across to Italy to my favourite place in the world, Lake Como, and I'll be making my way around, and I'll end up in France to watch a stage of the tour as well. So, yeah, I've got I'll be over there as well.
0: Now, the Greek islands, you're up over there for a reason, aren't you? Tell us about uh, who you're taking and why. I'm
1: taking Alison because we got married in uh, December last year. So this is our belated honeymoon. So we'll both have our bikes and, um, yeah, we'll be overseas riding. It should be good. And then she comes back and starts her new role as CEO of Bicycle Network, which is a massive role for her. So there's lots lots going on in uh, the uh, Hollywood household at the moment.
0: That's pretty exciting, isn't it, yeah. uh, for Alison to get that gig? And has she given you any hints to, to, to what she plans to do? Any any changes? Uh, no, she. What can you tell no, us? No,
1: I'll tell. I'm, I'm, I leak. I leak everything. Don't worry. <laughs> You're here <laughs> at first here. No, honestly, she's she's still at her old job, but she's still ha- she's having meetings and talking to people. She's doing a lot. So. I haven't really seen her a lot. She's always working at night doing her sort of already started. She's going to hit the ground running, so it's exciting for her. It's really good.
0: Tell what are your plans as we weave our way through this inaugural series? Yeah,
2: while we're here, just trying to stay on the ground with the people experiencing winter, just (laughs) to keep you guys a little bit grounded on what's happening back home. Uh, Obviously, (laughs) I've just gotten back from Europe. I did the uh, annual pilgrimage that many uh, Australian cyclists sort of have to go through in racing in Belgium and the Netherlands. Ah, uh, so yeah, I've successfully come back in pretty much one piece uh but yeah, so i'll I'll be here on the ground for the next few weeks, trying to get the wee sort of highlights each day. It was incredible to be over there during the the duro and for Jai hindley and to be watching oh. that live every afternoon. There's nothing like it we we as Australians really experience the Tour de France very differently to the, the Europeans. It's late nights. It's it's drinking wine or, or catching up on the highlights the next Chocolate. morning. But there's nothing like watching it for free to air, you know, o- over there or, or being on the ground. So I'm, I'm going to be living through osmosis through you guys. And so, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get a real feel for what it's like being over there through you.
0: Tills, tell us, uh, you were in the Netherlands when the Giro was on. Uh, did you manage to pull up a chair in a bar or a, or a coffee lounge or a cafe uh, what's the following like in in the netherlands for the italian grand tour
2: it's just um it's it's nothing like australia or new zealand or you know any anything like back home it is it is their football it is our afl ah. what what it is over there it is it is on every tv it is in in the newspapers it is is leading the story and and to be over there watching it and to have an australian leading you know everyone was very excited to talk to me as an australian about the juro and and share with you know what was going on so yeah it's it's you know cycling is is their religion over there it is uh, you know, it's I, I'm scared to go out in the roads here because over there in the Netherlands, you know, if I get hit, no matter what, it was the car's fault. You oh, know that wow. it's it's just incredible, and and you see these families, the mobility that they get around. You know, I saw pretty much newborns in the front of bicycles, and the way these large families just get around by bike. And so, yeah, you know, you go over there and you race um, women who have been. Literally born on cobbles, and so you oh, know it God. does feel like you're starting 10k back, but um, yeah, it's a great experience, and I can guarantee women's cycling and and the men's obviously is is truly alive and well, and yeah, just incredible support over there. So yeah, it's 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 a great vibe.
0: When, when what you... blew me away when I was in the Netherlands in 15 when I saw uh, Rowan Dennis win that t- uh, prologue time trial was the fact that uh, people were telling me in the ne- in the Netherlands the Dutch ride bike, ride a bike, learn to ride a bike before they can walk. <laughs> and you've seen the uh, bike stations there, the multi-story towers. They're not filled with motor vehicles. They're filled with with bicycle, two-wheel machines. Some of them are brand new. Most of them are rusted. and Well, not m- so much rusted, but they're not uh, brand spanking $10,000 jobs. Uh, they come quite cheaply compared to the two-wheel machines that we might ride over here. It's a different culture, Tills. You're so right. And It's interesting how uh, cycling is first and everything else is second.
1: Tell tell me something, Tills. Over there with the families, does everyone wear helmets or is it? different?
2: No, I was a bit of a weirdo. I was pretty much one of the only people with the helmet on, um, riding a few people who are dressed up in Lycra and on their road bikes have, have a helmet, but, um, I, I didn't ride on the actual road once when Mm -hmm. I was over there, apart from racing, obviously. And, and so essentially the whole, because the country is so small, but has as many people as Australia in there, but you know, so it's, um, there's no space t- for to build more uh, car lanes. And so they <clears throat> have these, uh, yeah, bike lanes that are pretty much the farmer's lanes as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and so no, like... Two year olds, three year olds, no one's wearing a helmet, but it's all wow. extremely safe because the cars have to give way no matter what. And as Mike said, they learn to crawl, then they learn to ride their bike, and then they learn to skate uh, for for the winter, and and they go from there. And so, so cool. Yeah, it's just the mobility over there is incredible. Um, and yeah, it's quite scary when the, I I'm sure when they travel to to Australia and and you know the aggression that we feel the fights. Mm. Still fights going on, and so I'm excited. You know, Ali, then, Ali working the role that she is, that's literally their role is to fight for cyclists and infrastructure.
0: When they build bridges over there, Hollywood, uh, there are eight lanes, wow. but not eight lanes for cars. There are two lanes for pedestrians, two lanes for light rail, two lanes for cars, one each way, and two lanes for bikes. Wow. The bridges might be as wide as uh, the bridge you have in Melbourne there. Uh, what is it? The west, uh, the west gate. West gate, yeah. But uh, only one lane each way for cars. That's the different mindset in a country like the Netherlands.
1: Very different. We get we get thirty centimeters and it's filled with broken glass if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Or oh, a on, car. on
0: Beach Road.
2: So. <laughs> well, listen. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I
0: like uh, I like the makeup of the domestics. Uh, I think we complement each other. I'd like to think that um, I attract uh, an older audience, an older demographic. Uh, I might be wrong. Tills, uh, I think you perhaps attract uh, the younger Everybody. set. Uh, Everybody. The- the pro racing the, the pro racing yeah everybody and Hollywood I'm not so oh, sure who, I don't know who, who I is your, track who's your target audience Swings
1: both ways yeah I don't know <laughs> just I don't know I don't know I actually no, don't know I'm very
2: much looking forward to yeah learning from you guys and you guys both have such a rich history for the sport as well and, and, and a passion so I'm looking forward to hearing a few stories and and yeah what it, what was like back then and, and, and then certainly yeah hopefully talking about the future so yeah I really look forward to it
1: now it's going to be great and it's going to be a great race it's just i can honestly i'm going on about it but i can't wait everyone's there i can't wait to see the battle between jumbo and uae it is going to be and then obviously the aussies it's going to be red hot i can't wait this
2: is the domestics
0: presented by Blanching. well there you have it our first episode of the domestics is out of the way Uh, By the way, I just want to ask you all, uh, is it a reasonable title? What do you think, Hollywood? The domestics?
1: Yeah, I'm certainly no GC leader. Just because I wear yellow doesn't mean I'm in yellow. Domestics, I'll take
0: that. That's fine. Tills, you're our team leader. Are you happy with the support crew? Oh,
2: yeah. I'll have a few orders throughout, but, uh, yeah, it's a good start.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, we urge you, wherever you're listening, to get in touch with us uh, for any feedback, any topics that you may want us to touch on. Our aim is to invite special guests on the show. And a reminder, you can load uh, a fresh episode every day during the Tour de France, which ends on July the 24th. Hope you enjoyed episode one. We'll be back very, very soon for episode two in 24 hours. For the team, I'm Mike Tomolaris. We'll speak to you tomorrow. The
2: Domestics.
0: The Domestics by Black